0: Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Give it up for Dom. He's so spunky in those videos. If you were here last week, you saw a little clip that I put in there about about the church that that Pastor Chris was talking about. And and Dom told me that I'm no longer allowed to shoot videos for us because I'm so boring on videos. So, um, yeah. You talk to him after service about that. Anyway, so how many people were here last week to see Pastor Doug Bergsma? All right, give it up for Pastor Doug. First service, they were like, "Woo!" And I was like, I'm going to videotape the next service and see how they do. So you're all on video now. Um, and, but anyway, uh, I want to piggyback kind of off of what Pastor Doug taught. Uh, next, next week, we start our, our fall series. I know, fall. Everybody say fall. Everybody say it with disgust. Fall. Uh, so we're going to start that series. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is. People are still saying fall with disgust. Like, it was like going on forever. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's going to be fun. But it's, it's also going to be, I think, really life-giving. And, and it's going to be about the Word, so I'm looking forward to it. Everything should be about the Word, but this is, this is going to be really good. Um, so today I was trying to figure out what I was going to share on. And, uh, and you don't know this if you came to this service last week. But my wife and I came back, and we were here for the night service, so we got to hear Pastor Doug. And, um, and so uh, as I was listening to his message, I felt like the Lord lay on my heart that I wanted to kind of expound on what he said. And then I had a moment this week where I felt like God just lined some things up for, uh, for me to have the word for you today. So I want to share that with you. But before I do, let's bow our heads and let's just ask God to be uh, leading this whole thing. So Father, thank you for every person in this room. God, I thank you that, that your word is true. When you say that we each have a future that you have planned for us, that you've created us for. So God, as we get into your word today, I just pray that you help to guide us and help us to have a revelation in our heart about ourselves to find that path, find that direction, that desire, and that future that you have for us. God, I pray that you give us ears that hear, give us hearts that understand, and give us minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. And God, I just ask that these aren't my words today. Lord, that this isn't just a repeat of first service, Lord. But this is fresh revelation, and it's what you need people to hear today. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. So I was online this week on Monday, and I was thinking about what I was going to share, and I came across this guy, a video of this guy giving a speech. Maybe you've seen it. Maybe you haven't. But this speech or this this talk that he gave, um, really what it was is a testimony of his life, spoke to me, and I want to share it with you. So I'm going to tell the story from my from from what I, I gained from what he shared. I watched it a couple times, and so, anyway, he's a Vietnam vet, okay, and so he's addressing a group of people about their lives and about their future, and he's talking about an experience he had when he was over there. So him and his platoon, and now I'm not a military guy, so if I mess up the terminology, I'm really sorry, uh, but uh, but he and his platoon or his group of his team were on the top of a hill. And, and at the bottom of the hill, completely surrounded on all sides, was the enemy. Okay, and, and so they, they had figured by what they could tell and their scouts could tell from, this, from their location that they were outnumbered at least 20 to 1. Okay, and so they radio in to, uh, to the base and they say, here's our situation, here's what's going on, what are we going to do? And they said, this is what you're going to do, you're going to die. There's no hope, you're going to die. And... So, I mean, some of us feel like this in our lives, like we're facing things that just are insurmountable. Um, they literally were facing a moment where even their superiors, the people from outside, were saying there's no home. And so time went by, and they're trying to defend themselves from the attack of the enemy. And, and, and you'd think, well, you know, it's an advantage to be at the top of the hill. Yeah, but it's a disadvantage that everywhere around them is enemy, and there's no way off. And then the radio comes to life, and the base calls in, and they say, here we've devised a plan to save you from the attack. We're going we're gonna to do an airstrike to the back side of the hill. And, and after the bomb's clear, your platoon needs to race off of the hill, out of that area, and we're going to have a pickup zone just a little ways away. And so, so you have to do this, but there's a catch. Four or five people have to stay back and they have to fight off the pursuing enemy so that the rest of the platoon can make it to safety. It's at this moment... He's sitting there, and the captain turns to him and says, you and I, we're staying. And he says, what? <laughs> we're what? And he goes, you and I, we're going to stay, and we're going to save the guys. And he, he says, I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can, I mean, I don't know if I have it in me. He said, well, let me put it this way. The captain says, do you have the ability to hold off the enemy? Do you have the ability to hold off the enemy? Can you, you're an expert shooter. You can, you can hit the, the, the guys at the longest range. You're the best shooter we have. Do you have the ability to hold off the enemy so they can get out? And he goes, well, I, I guess, I suppose I do. And he said to them, him at that point, he said, so what will your response to your ability be? See, responsibility is a word a lot of people don't like. It's a word that people, you know, kids especially, when their parents say, it's your responsibility to do your homework, or it's your responsibility to do this or that, or it's your responsibility to, to honor your marriage, or it's your responsibility to pay your bills. Or, we don't like that word. But really, it's a combination of two words, the word response and ability. And at that moment, that man had to make a, he had to respond to his captain based on his ability to hold off the enemy. So he says, I can do this. He and his captain and three other guys stay on the hill and they fight off the enemy as the rest of their team makes it to safety. And they did such a good job of holding off the enemy that there was still time for all five of them to get off of the hill and get to safety and they all lived and got out of there. Isn't that a great story? Great story. And and I just think when it comes to our lives and comes to our situation, how can we apply this story? How can we apply this, this teaching? Like, what abilities do we have, and how will we respond to those abilities? When it comes to being a Christian, we have certain responsibilities. Everybody say the word responsibility. Everybody say it instead like of the word fall. Say it with excitement. Say responsibility. Responsibility. Doesn't it feel so much better when we say it like that? Let's do that one more time. Say responsibility. responsibility. Nope, doesn't feel better. But we have responsibilities in our lives, and we have physical, like everyday responsibilities, work, family, things like that. But as believers, we have some responsibilities that God has given us that we need to carry out. And today I want to talk about our responsibilities that we have as believers. And so, uh, so anyway, um, I, I want to talk about some specific things the Bible says, and then I want to talk about you personally. So the first thing is, is we know that as, as a Christian, as a follower of God, that we have a specific responsibility that Jesus himself gave to us. And I want to, read, I want to read that to you. It's in Matthew 28, verse 19. It says this, Therefore go, everybody say go, go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I, I really liked... Uh, what Pastor Doug said last week, if you remember, when he was talking about the rabbis and the people that they would try to choose to be their disciples, because every rabbi had disciples that followed them, that they would go to the school where the, where these kid, these young men and and they were being trained to be rabbis, and they would so, they would always want to select like the top few. I have a I have a fantasy football draft coming up. And and I've never done fantasy football, so if y'all want to give me a lot of tips after service, that'd be good. I've just given Pastor Keith a hard time every year because he never invites me, Some feel left out. But, you know, in those drafts, I want to pick the greatest players that I can so that I can win. And, And this is the thing, this is like rabbis, not that they wanted to win, but they wanted the best. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't even go after the people who were training to be rabbis and training to grow up in the spiritual leadership role. He went and he found individuals who were just living their life, average people. Everybody say average people. He picked these people because uh, because he saw something in them and he knew they. Were, I think Jesus was really specific, and I think he did it for a reason. I think he did it because the world is full of average people. That's not to put any of us down or to put down the people that Jesus chose. But not everybody is LeBron James or, or Carrie Underwood, right? We're not all, we, we, we like to sing, but Carrie's just a little bit better than most of us. And, and you know, we, we like to play basketball, but let's be honest, we don't stand a chance against LeBron James. But, but so we're not, we, we are not necessarily superstars, but what Joey said is so true during worship today. Didn't know what he was going to say. But he talked about Peter and Paul, remember? And he said that that on their own, they were just average people. They were people who actually kind of made a mess of things. But when the Holy Spirit came into their life, everything changed and they became superstars for God. God wants to use you in a way that that really, to God, you'll be a superstar. You'll be somebody who can make a difference, somebody who can change the world. But you have to realize that you have the ability inside you to do it. So spreading the gospel according to, to Jesus is all of our job. And you might think you're nobody, you're nothing, but Jesus picked the people who were nobodies and nothing and made them into something great because they were obedient and they followed him and they took on the responsibility that Jesus gave. Everybody say responsibility. Okay, so I've heard it said this way, this is the first thing in your notes today, that Jesus Christ, relationship with Jesus Christ is the world's best kept secret. Have you heard that before? Okay, that is so true because so many people go to church or they have a relationship with God, but as soon as they're outside of the church walls or the church function, you would never know it. And this is like completely the opposite way that Jesus taught us to live. He taught us to be going out and to reaching people all the time, to being a light in a dark place. And and I think one of the greatest obstacles in in this situation, in, in being people who share Jesus, is our own thinking. We spend way too much thinking about why we can't do something instead of how we can do something. I mean, had that guy on the mountain or on the hill that day taken any more time to think about how he couldn't stop the enemy, he probably could have talked himself out of staying there. But because he didn't spend time thinking about that and he had somebody in his life who was telling him that he could, he made the choice and he helped save everybody. You can do it. You you can make it. So today I want to ask you this, what is your ability level? What is your ability level? You might be thinking, what am I talking about? You know, what, what, what do you mean ability level? Every one of us has a job to play as part, as part of the church, and, and I'm going to uh, talk about it later. Well, actually, I will talk about it later. The thing the thing is, the, the fa- <laughs> I'm just going ahead of myself. The fact of the matter is, is each one of us has a part to play, and you might be here today and like, wait a second, what part do I play? How could I do anything? What abilities do I have to help make a difference? Well, this morning, a new ministry was started here at the church. And this lady, who, who was, uh, who's you know, part of our church family, her new ministry was to hold a baby for one of the singers. How many people like to cuddle babies? Okay, there's more. okay, so this could be your ministry, right? All right you don't have to have like, some superstar ability. You don't have to be a lead singer. You don't have to be a speaker. You don't have to be a small group leader. You don't have to do those kind of things. This lady, it was funny in the first service because she was out in the foyer holding the baby, and, and, and I was talking about her, and I'm sure she's like, oh, you know, don't, don't talk about me. But, but because she was willing to use her ability to, to hold a baby, to cut, she called it the cuddle ministry, and, uh, and to do that, it was possible for one of our singers to be on stage and be able to lead worship this morning for all of you. And so, so there, there are places where you can be used, and you are important. Everybody say, I'm important. The Bible talks about how we are each part of things. In Romans twelve uh, four, it says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, everybody say many, Form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Everybody say all. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. What is this really saying? It's saying whatever you can do, just do it. Do it. It's saying that you and I each play a part, that you and I each matter in God's grand scheme of things, and that that we are instructed to use those abilities. Say we have a responsibility to use our abilities for God. So what abilities do you have? You guys remember the story of David and Goliath? We've been talking about King David a lot this summer. I love King David. His story is like one of the greatest epic stories in all of the Bible. And, and do you remember when he went to visit the, the front lines of the war? Who was, who was there, like, haunting God's people? Goliath. All right. All right. Are you with me? you following me today? Okay. You guys are super quiet today. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's the lack of rain. You need some water or something. Stop drinking coffee. Start drinking water. All right. So, uh, so anyway, Goliath is there, and David says, hey, I'll fight him. And, and the immediate response by everybody who's there is, who are you to think that you could fight Goliath. You're a nobody. According to our last series, you're forgettable. You don't matter. You don't have the ability to fight Goliath and win. But what's interesting is that he did have the ability. I want to read to you what happened to David and how he explained that he had the ability to beat, beat Goliath. In 1 Samuel 17:33, it says this. It says, Saul, King Saul replied to David, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth, also known as, King Saul said, you don't have the ability to beat him. David responds with this in verse 34. He says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from, from its mouth. How many people would be willing to do that against a bear or a lion? Like, wh- okay, what? You- Yes. Okay, one. Like, this is craziness. So, I was talking to somebody earlier today, and they're saying that they're afraid to go in the woods because of bears around here. I was like, oh, get over it. And uh, a bear's not going to hurt you. Anyway, listen to this. He says, I went after it, I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. And I struck it and killed it. This guy is a superhero. Thor's got nothing on him. I don't see Thor fighting a bear. right? And, 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 and he says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hands of this Philistine. David, whether he knew it at the time or not, had been trained to defeat Goliath. God had built into him the ability to do it. I love this because it doesn't say that when David was a young shepherd boy, the Lord said, David, someday you're going to fight a giant. And so to prepare you for that someday, I'm going to send a lion to eat one of your sheep, and you're going to fight it. And then I'm going to send a bear, and you're going to fight it. So that when you face Goliath, you're going to be able to defeat him. No, David had no idea that Goliath was coming. Yet God was preparing him along the way. And so many of us think that we don't have any abilities that God wants to use and we don't have any way to really help God's kingdom expand. But I'm telling you today that God is already preparing you and has already prepared you to fight Goliath. God has already prepared you to be able to go and do the things He wants you to do. But the question is when you get into the situation, how will you respond? How will you respond? I love that, uh, that scripture that I read about the body of Christ. And honestly, I feel like that's so overused, but we don't talk about that very much here. I, don't use, I haven't used that scripture in a long, long time. But it's one that we should be repeating in our mind all the time, thinking about this. It, you know, when we, so many times in a big church like our church, people go, oh, there's somebody else who will step up to the plate. There's somebody else who will d- do it. Somebody else who will take care of it. I don't need to do it because I'm, so I'm a little fish in a big fishbowl. But the fact of the matter is, is that scripture about the body of Christ says, though there are many, everybody say many, that we all play a part. Everybody say all. All. See, just because you might feel like you're a small fish in a big fishbowl, you are still pivotal, you are still important in the grand scheme of what God wants to do. It says every person plays a part apart. And when we're in small churches or just at home with our family, we know that because we we feel the responsibility. But when we're in a big group, it it seems like we don't need to do that. But you know how much harder it is to motivate a big group than a few? Like We have a big challenge in front of ourselves because when you have so many people, it is easy to say, ah, somebody else will do it. And when we think about Christianity as a whole, and God says, hey, go talk to that person at the gas station who's at the pump and is crying while they're putting gas in, because normally people don't cry when they're putting gas in the pump. And in, in you feel in your heart, God says, go talk to that person. You go, oh, there's so many fish in the sea, there's so many other believers, God will use somebody else. But what if God needed you right in that moment? Are you willing to do it? You're supposed to be using your abilities for God. simple but if you're not using them why see a common misconception in church is the thought that the pastor is supposed to go and reach the city see and this is probably happening here today people think well wait a second you're the pastor you go reach everybody you go talk to everybody you go out and say and save our city but that's not what the Bible says. And I, love, I love what Pastor Doug said last week at the end. He said, this is your city. Everybody say, this is my city. Or think of your city as you say it. Say it again. This is my city. Say, these are my people, and they are my responsibility. Like, you have people you're praying for that you want to see God do something great in your life, but you aren't the one who's going. You, you are the one who should be going and saying something. You are the one to reach out. You are the one that God has been preparing. You think, I don't have the ability. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because you're pretty good at work, uh, at at, helping to keep the situation and the the relationships at work calm. Why aren't you trying to apply that ability in your family? You're, You're really good at helping people get through crisis and your best friends. Well, what about the person that God's laid on your heart that you overheard on the phone the other day talking about their situation? Like God has put the ability in you to make a difference, and and you are the one that's supposed to do it, and I'm going to prove it here in Ephesians. It's not up to the pastor to reach the city, though I'm trying, and we're all trying. We'll never stop, but it says this in Ephesians 4.11, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. My job, our job as pastors is to help you guys find the future that God has for you. To help equip you, to help build you up, to help you feel like you can do it. So that you can step out and try. I mean, Jesus came to save the world, but he equipped the disciples to change the world. Just like we're trying to do that with you today. Here in this place. I'm not saying this to shame you into joining a ministry team, though if you want to, we have applications available after service. it's not about what's in these walls. It's about what's out there. It's about the people who are struggling in our city. You know, we built this building we should be in sometime in late October, which is awesome, but it's just a building. What are we going to do with it? You know, it's that we're not building it just so we can all move into it. We built it because we want to see ministry happen and see lives change. But I mean, I can knock on every door in town and all of that and be like, Hi, I've never met you before. You should come to my church sometime. And, you know, and people do that around town, and you know what happens? People close the door in their face, but you know those people. And if you say, Hey, I want to welcome you into a family that will love you, wants to be here for you and wants to help you to know a father who loves you more than anybody, I bet they probably decide to come learn about Jesus. And whether they stay here or not, it's not our problem. What, what is our problem is that we are to be equipped to do works of service for God, to make a difference. Everybody say, I have a responsibility. So then how will you respond to your ability and do something? This is what the Vietnam vet faced This is what David faced when he saw Goliath. This is what I faced when I was asked, would you pray about being the pastor? And if you've been around long, you've heard me say, I did not want to be the pastor. Like, that's not something that I felt like I I wanted to be. But as I actually asked the Lord and, and I prayed about it, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I've given you the ability to do this. And now it's your turn to respond to that. I mean, ask yourself right now in your heart, what abilities do I have? What things have, has God put in me? Maybe I'm a great people person or I'm, I'm athletic or, I, or I'm a great writer or I'm a great speaker or I'm, I'm, I'm a musician or I love kids or all these different things. I, and, and you think when you begin to define what your ability is, when you walk into situations, you, you, you can know if this is a situation where you can respond with your ability. It's up to you. This is your choice. Jesus Christ is the best kept secret in all of our lives. The question is, is if you're keeping him a secret, are you living the life he wanted you to live anyway? Because a life that, that is led by the Lord will be one where the Lord is not silent. It's one where the Lord is leading. It's one where the Lord is speaking. So how will you respond? you imagine how much more effectively we could reach this city if each of us would stop making Jesus a city or, or a secret but like Pastor Doug said at the end of his message if we would be a city on a hill whose light would shine out so that everybody could see it so that, so that people would know that Jesus was real so that people would know that, that there's life change in, in relationship with God we could make a difference and change the city and we get to the fall and we open that place up People are going to come in our doors just out of curiosity. People are going to come check this place out. And guys, I want them to feel like it's a family, just like you do on Sunday mornings. I want us to be a people of love who say, hey, welcome home. We love that you're here. We love that you're part of what what you're doing. And not just that, but we are excited to see what Jesus is going to do in your life. He needs each one of us to spread his kingdom and his plan to make a difference. Let's bow our heads real quick. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, I thank you that you created them so perfectly and that you have a great destiny for each one of us, whether we believe it or not at this point, whether we know it or not. And So, Father, I just pray that that as we're talking about our abilities and about our, our chance to respond with those abilities, that for some of us, you're speaking to us about the fact that we have been idle in our relationship with you that we haven't been moving forward in, in your plans for our life and your destiny for our life. And Lord, motivate us today. In our spirit, Lord, give us a drive to want to make a difference, to want to go from being average to being a superstar for you. And Father, I pray that we'll allow your spirit, we'll allow you to lead us so that it's not about what we're making in a, in a destiny, but it's about what you're creating in with everybody's eyes closed today, if you're here and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity. And, and if, you, if you say a prayer with us today, if you make this decision to bring the Lord into your life, you can know that you're going to heaven. But more than that, today you can begin living a life of purpose that is beyond your own, your own worldly purpose. You can, you can begin living the life that Jesus says that we can have, where we have love, joy, peace, patience, and, and, and all the fruits of the Spirit. We have, di- we have direction. We can make a difference. And if that's you and you want Jesus in your life, you want to begin living this life for Him. Just right now, with everybody's eyes closed, where you're at, just lift your hand up. Is there anybody who wants to accept Jesus as Lord today? Awesome. Awesome. We see those hands. Keep them up high. Just real quick for a minute. The ushers are just going to hand you an envelope. and Just put it on your lap. If you raise your hand with everybody else's eyes closed, could you look up here at me real quick? Just you and me. I just want you to know that I see you today, but it doesn't matter that I see you. God sees your heart today. And this is very, very cool that you're making a decision for God and that God wants to do great things in your life. So we're going to pray a prayer in just a minute. And in, in the Bible says if we confess with our tongue, if we say the prayer, or if we ask him into our heart, believe that he's God, and we believe that he rose from the dead, that he's really God, that we'll be saved. And So we'll say the prayer. But the, the next part, the part where you believe in your heart, that's the hard part. That's the part when, where when things get tough, when things seem, seem tough, you don't run away from God, you run to God. and You celebrate with him when things are great. If you're online today watching and you want to make this decision, just pray this with us, and then you begin living the life that God created for you. So let's pray together. Say this with me. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross, to defeat the grave, and to rise again so that I could be saved. I was a sinner, and I have struggled with sin. But today I'm different. I'm a new creation. A child of God. Redeemed and remastered. And remade. Today I choose to make you Lord of my life. And to live for you from this day on. Lead me into the life you created for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Give it amen. up for those people who made that decision today. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.